Hello everybody, this is A7X Fan Ben here with God Mason, and this is episode 7 of the Pirate CSG podcast. Today we're going to go over a variety of topics, uh, an old thread from the forum at Miniature Trading, and a bunch of different custom reviews and a few other miscellaneous topics, and we'll probably get off topic uh, in the meantime as well. So we're going to leave um, <laughs> Wait, what did you say? <laughs> oh, we're going to get off topic a lot, as we do. Yeah, pretty much. Um... So the first thing we're going to go over is an old thread from Miniature Trading because a lot of people said that they wanted to see like back in the day type talk and origins talk, stuff like that. So we already told our kind of stories and podcasts, the first podcast, the first episode. So we're going to start going over hopefully one per episode, but not necessarily. But we're going to sometimes go over some old threads from Miniature Trading. And the first one we've picked out is called a Hypothetical Band Items List. So this is a thread that was started by Wolf, um, the rules arbitrator, um, back in 2010, it looks like. And it's a really cool thread. I had it unlocked a few times. And uh, I would say um, it's one of the cooler threads. It's really intriguing to look at, especially from a player's standpoint, um, because the thread really gets in-depth about what could be banned or what should be banned or if there ever should have been a ban list and things like that. So... But, uh, God, Mason, you can, uh, you can give your thoughts on it first if you want, if you think there should have been a ban list, and if so, what would, should have been on it, if anything. Thank you. I think I'll start off by saying the most obvious ship to include on there is Banshee's Cry. Yeah. Um, by now, I'm guessing most people already know exactly why. If not, just go look it up and look at its stats, and you, you'll know why. Um, yes, I think there probably should have been a competitive ban list, but... Based on the fact that this game wasn't as popular as, say, Magic the Gathering, um, and competitive play never reached that level of popularity, I think it might have been hard to disseminate the information, but a ban list may have been of value. Although we don't really have any people in the forum that I'm aware of that, uh, that have any sort of competitive experience from when the game was in print. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um... I also don't really have um, competitive play experience from when, you know, the organized play was still going on. I've done a few tournaments on Vassal with Xerix, which have been great. But um, for me, as I said in that thread, um, I think events are the main thing that should be banned. Um, they're way too powerful oh, yes. point cost. Um, a couple of them, like Mermaids, Hidden Cove, and uh, Favor of the Gods, those are all really overpowered. Uh, Mermaids, as I've talked about on the forum already, it's my least favorite game piece in the game by far, and I refuse to play with that or uh, Fear of the Gods. There's a few, like, Divers and Raft and False Treasure are all, like, kind of reasonable, but I still, I I don't really think events should have been in the game um, at all. They seem like, like weird, like, supernatural, like, happenings. Like, all of a sudden you can create this event that happens. But, like, Divers and Raft, those are the more practical or historical ones, but those could easily be equipment, especially wrapped. And uh, divers yeah. could be like a crew or something, like an oarsman. Um, and then the other events, like all of a sudden, like becalmed in foul winds, you can summon nature like a god and like throw your opponent's ships around and stuff like that. It's just really, mm-hmm. it's pretty strange. And uh, that's why I think events should be banned. I'm not totally in favor of a ban list. Um, it's interesting to think about because the game was not originally created 
as what it became, because when it first came out with Spanish Main, it was more of a casual game. The rules weren't as fleshed mm-hmm. out. Um, they quickly had to start making like the FAQ and stuff like that, uh, which turned into like the giant pirate code document that's like over 60 pages now. Um, so it was more <laughs> of a, like a beer and pretzels game at first. So the thing about like a ban list at first was probably kind of bizarre, but as as the sets went on, um, they released more and more stuff that could be banned. Um, but yeah, like I said, other than events, I'm not hugely in favor of banning anything else. But yeah, if, if there was stuff banned, um, stuff like Banshee's Cry, um, and maybe the San Cristobal, and a couple other things could be banned. But like Captain Jack Sparrow, pretty much the best ability in the game. That wouldn't would probably be the best candidate if tournament play like resumed. But like I said, events are the main thing I would want to see banned more than anything else by far. Yeah, events are just, they are kind of game-breaking. I mean, I I think even WizKids, to a degree, realized that because they didn't bring them back in any form later. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think that they uh, even began to scratch the limit of what was possible with them. Yeah. Because I think it's probably possible to make them at least reasonably fair if you upped the point cost of the existing ones and maybe introduced some that had smaller effects from, uh, or introduced some that had, you know, less powerful effects for those existing point costs of a one, two or three. But yeah. I think they sort of gave up on it too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And a few of them like dual kind of makes sense too historically and point cost isn't too ridiculous, but um, it's just kind of a weird concept that they messed with, and it, ironically, it messed up the game pretty bad. And uh, mm. so, yeah. Anything else you want to see banned other than like Banshee's Cry? I mean, there's not much else I would say, but Darkhawk Two, Longshanks. Um, really there's Longshanks. not a lot else. Um, Lord Micron, we can probably agree on. Okay, yeah, yeah, he is pretty overpowered. Yep. Well, maybe. See, I'm not. Like, maybe he doesn't deserve a ban yeah but i think he should maybe cost more points yeah i think like 10 points would have been better um yeah like Uh, or at least something to put him in line with some of uh the similar abilities that say the pirates and the cursed have like um yeah like all powerful i think it is the one where you yeah yeah something sort of similar to that but maybe crew like micron should have had a ransom on him Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, no, yeah, you. that too. That would have helped at least a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We're, yeah. So we're not, either, of us are, yeah, either of us are in favor of like a ton of stuff being banned, but there's definitely some pretty good candidates out there. Um, so next thing we're gonna do, um, we're gonna look at the custom ships organized version thread, and we're going to go through, or at least we're gonna try to go through one custom from each post. So the reason we want to do this is um, to kind of diversify things. And we've done custom reviews in the past, um, but we haven't done like a lot from a bunch of different people. So instead of doing like a bunch of customs from the same user, we're going to do um, like one from each post in custom ships organized version. So this is on the forum at Miniature Trading. I always keep it unlocked and uh, uh, bump it to the front page sometimes. So I started the thread once custom ships, the custom ships thread was getting pretty convoluted. Um, so I started the post. I actually didn't want to make a giant post with all my individual game pieces. I just wanted to put my like unique ideas out there 
And one of the ones um, that I've been kicking around for a while is Pow Chasers. So this is a neutral um, equipment. It costs five points. And so it's a pretty expensive equipment. So basically, uh, I'm not going to say the whole ability. Basically, the ship gets two cannons that can only shoot from the foremost mast of the ship. They have 4L rank and range, and they also have extended range. So basically, um, they can only fire in a straight line directly for the ship's bow, and you can't use other pieces of equipment with it. And also, they cannot have their range or rank improved, which is important because um, without that, they become kind of overpowered. So I've tested this a few times, not a ton. I'd like to have it appear in my current campaign game, Command the Oceans, at some point. I don't know if it will for sure. Um, and in my playtesting so far, it's a pretty good equipment. It's kind of powerful, um, but that five points is pretty expensive um, for the games most people play. So I don't know if you've seen this custom um, or you want to give your thoughts on it. Um, I did read it before you started talking about it, and I really like it, actually. Um, I always felt that that was sort of uh, maybe an under... Uh, uh, maybe it, it wasn't a trait of naval armament that was paid enough attention to, I think, yeah. because, I mean, there were some ships released that, say, would have, you know, there's some five-mast ships out there. Some of them are from, say, Spanish Main, where the front and rear guns are L-range, but the middle yeah. guns are only S-range. Yeah. It seems like they paid a little bit of attention to it, but they never really gave it as much attention as it probably deserves. I really like this. It probably needs further playtesting, and it does yeah. strike me as a bit powerful. Yeah. But I do like it as a whole. Yeah, thank you. I think my mm -hmm. original inspiration for it was probably um, Dead Man's Chest, the second Pirates movie, when uh, mm, the flying yeah. dolphin is chasing the Black Pearl. And then Opens they get up the, with the Gatling gun cannons. Yeah, they get like the triple guns come out and start firing. <laughs> they I just, yeah, I love that scene. It's like one of the few times in that movie they actually get the cannons out. Yeah, it, so, yeah, it's absolutely silly, but I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Um, so that was probably my ins original inspiration. Then, you know, just reading about naval history in general, too, of course. Um, so then if you want to start uh, Bendari's first custom. Captain Bendari. Yeah, let me poke through a couple of these. Um, okay, I'm just going to pick a random one. Uh, Rusty Hook, the pirate ship. Um, instead of just reading through the stats... Uh, it's, it looks for the most part, a sort of average ship, except for its ability, which is pretty interesting. You cannot initiate a boarding party against the ship. Yeah. Aside from that, it's an average, if not slightly above average for master. Mm -hmm. yeah, I I, I, it's both powerful, but also kind of a niche ability because you'd need to have a really good reason not to initiate a boarding party against that ship. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good ship. I like the cannons. Um, they're kind of unique a little bit with that 3L at the front. Um, the ability is interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, the ability is interesting. Slightly similar to Turtle Ship in a way um, when the panels are still there. But other than that, um, pretty average other than the ability. But I do like it in general. I think, it's, I think the point cost is fine. Or maybe even come down like one point. Probably not, but... But I think it's pretty cool overall. Well, I actually agree with you because I don't think it's too special. It's an interesting ability that might be something that a player could exploit if uh, if they found some really great combinations. But yeah, yeah. Um, 
if if that's all you have to say about that, uh, do you have one of Selvaxry's pieces you'd like to uh, to choose? Yeah, yeah. Going to the next post, um, Selvaxry has done a lot of different customs. A lot um, of custom it's too. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna go with one that I actually used in a game. Um, it's called the Freud Vengeance. It's a okay, French, I see it. It's a French icebreaker. The cannons are about average. They're a little. Ooh. They're a little strange, but they equal about rank three across the board for the most part, on average. Um, three cargo, L movement, icebreaker. And then the ability is what makes it stand out like crazy, which is this shipmate, two mm-hmm. icebergs. So I like that. Ability. Um, I will I say, really like that. Yeah, I, I actually used this one a while back. It was like fall 2015. It was like a, I don't know, like three, four, five fleet game. And uh, it was a really fun thing to experiment with. And I actually used um, some styrofoam icebergs. Um, you can just get styrofoam and just hack it up because it's already white, so it already looks nice. And you can just make shapes out of it to make, like, custom icebergs. And there was a big one. So this the ship, like, started towing that thing around to, like, <laughs> this huge iceberg off the stern of this ship. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And I think, I think because of how wide the custom iceberg was, I want to say I was able to tow it into a ship or two. I don't remember remember who won the game or anything. Um, I don't know if the French did well or not, but it was a fun mechanic to play around with, and it's definitely um, something I'm almost slightly surprised WizKids didn't do um, with at least one of the icebreakers, but I think it's a really, really intriguing uh, concept overall. Yeah, I really like this ability. Um... I'm. It reminds me of just how much I like a lot of the custom pieces I see people come up with because I feel like people are willing to play with the rules and the mechanics and just kind of new abilities a lot more than WizKids ever was. Yeah. Uh, WizKids did come out with their fair share of interesting stuff, but a lot of the really cool abilities are kind of one-offs. Um, this I really, really like. I don't see a uh, a point cost listed for it. Yeah, he do- usually doesn't do point costs for his customs because he's not yeah. totally sure where they would be priced. So, and would probably let people decide for themselves how much it's worth. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm, I can't remember what I did for the game. I said like either twelve or fifteen, or I didn't really know what to do. So, I, I was going to say somewhere in the neighborhood of probably eleven to thirteen myself. Yeah, yeah that could work too. Yep. Yeah, because it's not super fast. So, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, then let's see. We'll hop on to uh, to Xerx. Another, let's see, Xerx and I both like the idea of implementing ironclads, but I don't think we can quite agree how is best to do it. And I know you don't yeah. like the ironclad idea because you feel it's too modern. Yeah, yeah, it's an Age of Sail game, so I'm just not really in favor of changing that because it makes it weird. So. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um let me see. Uh, I'll. I think I'll choose one of the simpler ones. Um, I think some of these. I think we may have done. Maybe. Yeah. Some of these are from his uh, his first set. Um, yeah. Um, then I think I'll skip past the uh, the cursed and probably the pirates in case we touch upon that later this yep. uh, this podcast. Yeah, exactly. So um, I I just skipped down to the Spanish. And I noticed a sort of familiar name, El Corazado Nuevo. Um, I'll let people find this in the thread. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Mm, a couple really powerful defensive abilities. Uh, not uh, maybe even 
better offensively. I'm not quite sure how to feel about this one. I feel like it's piling up too many good traits, and as a result, um, I mean, I have a problem with really high point cost ships. Basically, anything above twenty is kind of it. Kind of needs to be game breakingly good to be worth its point cost. But at the same time, it kind of makes for unfavorable gameplay a lot of the time. Yeah. So I like it, and that's probably not an unfair point cost, but I don't see it being used. Yeah, I see it being used a lot in campaign games, um, but not yeah. in like standard games, which is part of the issue. Like in, in standard games, it would be, I don't know, it would be a decent gunship. Um, the original would probably be better potentially not necessarily though because this one's faster um but in campaign games it would definitely be a beast um in that kind of game because you could afford it so much more easily i do think i i totally agree with what you said first though i think it's just piling up too many good defensive abilities um in general defensive abilities are usually better than offensive abilities in this game uh oh, there's only a few exceptions like the endeavor like eliminate two masses with one hit stuff like that are mm-hmm. the exceptions but like, L-Range cans can't hit the ship, and because are required to eliminate one of the masts, that's just, it's kind of over the top, I guess. I think... Mm-hmm. Um, I can uh, see that being fair on a an expensive, smaller ship. Yeah. Um, provided it wasn't as well-armed, let's say, if it's a ship that had, you know, a trio of 3S guns. Yeah. Instead of uh, what looks like all rank 2, I think. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, if that was like on a not so fast uh, three master with average armament, maybe. Mm-hmm. But as is, I think it's too many good abilities rolled into one, and uh, yeah, 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 I agree with that pretty much. Um, going to the next post, um, let me scroll way down here. The ton of mm-hmm. there. Uh, the next one, El Cazador. You recently returned to the forum. Um, I know a lot of his customs pretty well because I play-tested a bunch of them, but that just makes it easier to talk about because um, I can actually give that kind of feedback where I've actually used them. Um, let me just He's got a lot of on. Legend of Zelda sort of yeah, yeah, he uh, did, uh, fanfiction chips. Yeah, he did that sort of um, tie-in set. Um, I'll go with the one I know best, um, the Tenfold. It's a mercenary hoist. Um, three mass, 22 points, five cargo, SS move, average cannons, and then it has a boatload of abilities. Um, mercenary. No turbo. kidding. Yeah. It's a mercenary and it's a hoist. It's a hoist and it's a turbine? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like and... a new, kind of like a new game piece, basically. <laughs> like we can imagine a hoist with like a turbine on it um, from the turbines in the last couple sets. And then. Um, and then it also has, this will be easy, because it has the same ability as the Accordzado Nuevo and the original, of course. Two hits are, eliminate, are required to eliminate uh, one of the ship's mass. And then it also ignores the first hit she takes each turn if she has all of her mass, just like uh, Joaquin Vega from Spanish Main, which is, who is often put on the Accordzado, the original. So three hits to eliminate the first mass, and then two for the other ones. So 22 points, even more expensive than the Maui's fish hook to make it the most expensive hoist um, in the game if it had been produced. This one um, is really interesting. I've done, I've play-tested this one um, more than once, actually. And yeah, he wrote a comment about how I had done so fall 2015. I tested a bunch of customs from different people, including my own. 
and uh, it was a really great ship. Um, the best part about it is probably that it gives the mercs a chance because with the hoist keyword, you can unload, um, you can use the hoist arm to unload at your home island with that. So you can kind of get away from the mercenary keyword, which um, doesn't allow you to dock at your home island. So it's, it's like a great gold runner for them, and it's also really durable. Um, it's uh, it was, it's just a, such an interesting ship with so many abilities and different like combos and things like that. Um, and then when you get into some of the some of the named crew combos and things like that, it can really become a powerful ship. I mean, when I look at it, I see sort of a same case of this is so many abilities stacked up that yeah. regardless of how actually effective it is, I feel like it's really hard to get the point cost quite right on something like this. Yeah. Um, I, I do agree that it is important that the mercenaries have some way to play the gold game, but... Uh, uh, I mean, you have playtested this, so you do know it better than I do. Mm-hmm. Looking at it from where I'm sitting, it does look OP. Yeah, just yeah, it is overpowered. Powerful. Um, it's definitely a fun one to test out too. But um, yeah, there's just so much going on and so many combos and so many abilities that it's kind of it's kind of overwhelming to look at. I remember the first time I saw it, it was like it's crazy. And the turbine, I think maybe in terms of edits though, maybe. You could drop Turbine. Um, I'm not a huge fan of that ability just because um, it came around later, um, like in terms of history anyway. And uh, mm-hmm. But also in terms of that, though, um, I think there was actually a moment in the game, in one of the games I used it in, where it was derelict, um, or it would have been, but with a Helmsman, it can move SSS with the Turbine keyword um, as if it had all our masts. Um, and then with a full load of gold and then the hoist arm, you can still unload. It was just, it was kind of, it was kind of OP in like the late game because you can still move the full move, um, with a bunch of gold aboard. So it was kind of, got kind of crazy at the end, but it was definitely a fun ship to try out. Yeah. Um, I think the next, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the next one is one from my post. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you want to pick one. There are, are quite a few um, uh, quite a few ironclads mixed in, but I'm yeah, guessing you'll fine. probably recognize most of their names and be able to dodge them. Yeah, that, no, that's fine. Um, do you have any that you would want me to go over offhand, or um, pick one? Um, let me see if I can figure out one in particular because I've got a lot of them that I like uh, that I like the idea of playing with, yeah. but. Um, um, I mean, I like doing really weird abilities too. So um, yeah, I see that. I see a it says dwarf in the flask. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if you know what that's a reference to, but um, no, no, I don't. That's probably why I'm. Uh, it it's a Full Metal Alchemist reference, basically. Okay, cool. You know that crew is that crew. I think is okay, but I think I figured out yeah. one or two that I want to talk about, but I know I can't. I've got to pick one. Uh, would you rather talk about the drawer or the stolen kite? Um, let's go stolen kite. Cause I, I want to say I've, I recognize the drawer. I think I might've already seen her. I think you do. Um, so stolen kite, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts after reading this? Uh, interesting. Really slow. Okay. So it's curse, six points, four cargo, S move, four L cannon, one masted galley. You have to roll a six to hit it on a cannon roll. 
and it gets S plus S to its base move for every time it was shot at the previous turn. So that's pretty interesting. So the more you get shot at, the faster you go. Um, I think it, I like it regardless of the two abilities. I like it um, just because with a Helmsman, you'd have SS move, three cargo for eight points, which is slow, but for the curse, that's really not that bad. And then you have a nice defensive ability. Um, I would say... Um, I like to think of it as maybe a small version of Buscador. Yeah. Um, sort of, yeah. I mean, it's so different from a hoist that I don't know if I can make that yeah. comparison. But um, um, Defensive ability-wise, maybe. Yeah, 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 that second ability. Um, the Pestilence is faster, has the same ability of having to get a 6 to eliminate a mast. Um, I think this one, because of that ship, this one maybe could be more expensive because it has more cargo and then it has a nice positive ability in addition to the defensive one, and it's a galley. But um, at the same time, it is really slow, so it's tough to it's tough to know. I think um, would it Ram almost be okay if it was like moved up to say seven, but yeah, give think, an L move. Uh, possibly, maybe, yeah. Or you could play test it as is and then go from there. One thing yeah. ramming is going to be um, a big a big deal because you could just ram it out of commission. Um, well, the, ga the galley keyword would allow it to move, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was... Um, In that case, I that would was... want to put an oarsman aboard, like helmsman and oarsman, because then you could try to avoid capture for longer um, at, like, SS move. Yeah, I think it's mm. a really interesting piece, actually. It's it's pretty intriguing, and I would like to see it uh, in play. SS plus more if they uh, missed you. Yeah, if we, if we shot at. Yeah, I'm just thinking an enemy would probably just ram because they'd see that, and and then it yeah. would have, be more likely to get away, so then they'd ram it, and then, but then if you had an Orthman aboard, you'd have to ram it again just to get the and then a, a third time just to capture it, so it would be pretty mm -hmm. annoying to deal with, so I think it's pretty yeah. interesting, I like it. Yeah, I think you're right about the Orthman. Um, yeah, probably needs playtesting. Um, is there anybody who posted after me? Don't no, think I don't so. Think yeah. We yeah. like doing these, the really interesting abilities. Yeah, yeah, the customs are definitely fun. And now we're going to look at uh, a couple more. Um, we're going to go to Cthulhu's Merc Mercenary Rework um, for a short bit. I really liked um, this one. Yeah, this one was interesting. I didn't, um, my first post, um, I reacted because it, uh, it was pretty crazy. A lot of stuff was really overpowered. But, um, but then he, he posted a ton of edits. He edited pretty much all of it. And I posted a comment in the forum already. It's on page 110 of the custom ships thread. And uh, I pretty much said all I need to say. Uh, so you can see my comments there. Yeah, I went over still, most of it too. Yeah, there's still a few that I think are a little too good, like the slipstream. Um, and then there's some. there are some comments after that. And Wolf even chimed in too, which is always good. Because he's pretty much the best on this sort of stuff. Because he was involved in game design and play testing back in the day, so. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out where exactly the uh, the updated version was. Yeah, it should be page 110 of Custom Ships. Yep. I yeah, I got your right link now. there. Yeah. All right, I found it. Um, should we just kind of march through them in order, the uh, updated version, or... Um, or what did you yeah, 
I think we could just pick out a few random ones because you already gave our comments um, on the forum. So he already knows. He already knows what we said about him, pretty much. Um, All right. Like a few that, I, a few that I had issue with, like the slipstream. Even after the edit, this is one of the last ones he edited. Um, basically, you can mark an island explored from SOA, and then um, when the ship explores an island, roll a d6 on a five or six. The submarine gains plus asteroid based movement for every island she explores. So that one struck me as overpowered, um, especially with a lot of islands or in multiplayer, because um, you could have like a you could basically have a submerged submarine with like crazy movement, um, which becomes like a really powerful ramming device where you could like ram a ship from like across the ocean in one like one move action. But um, and he said he might change that one, but yeah, I think it's. I like it, um, although because it's on a die roll, it is one of those things that won't work every time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's just one of those weird middle grounds where the potential is so high, but because of RNG, you're not really sure. You know, it's another case of an extreme thing that may be hard to balance. It probably needs some play testing to, uh, to prove that it's not broken. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then he said later, um, plus as without a limit causes problems. And that kind of gets back to why I'm not a huge fan of Cargo Masters and Navigators, because it becomes like unlimited. I think there should be a cap on some of these crazy abilities that let you do like this unlimited, like infinity type stuff where the slipstream could have like L movement plus like 10 s's i mean that would be a problem in like longer games and campaign games but it still is an issue um so i think maybe like um she can get plus s to her base move up to two s's or maybe three as the absolute max because beyond that would be make her like the fastest ship ever which would be weird so yeah um i always thought that the cargo master just the generic crew as is probably i think should have the limit and the ransom keywords aboard because yeah. it is such a powerful crew mm-hmm. that like, why should you be allowed to have that plus a build limit booster? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely um, kind of overpowered. Like I said, I play a ton of campaign games, so it, it strikes me as overpowered for those specifically. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Limit, limit and ransom would help with that one. Um, limit. I don't find super, um, difficult to work around usually it helps a bit but it's um it's not always the best way to to uh edit something that's already overpowered but and like cargo master if i had to if i had to edit that one um other than like eliminating it from the game i would say maybe a cap of like three up to three ships can get an extra cargo space or something like that Um, yeah that one's not absurd um last i knew i thought i'd seen people building fleets that used multiple cargo masters i was under the impression that that may actually be illegal because when i look at it i think well normally like multiple of one crew can't use their ability aboard or on the same ship Mm -hmm. so i when i look at a fleet that uses say two american cargo masters i think well that that shouldn't add plus two to every ship because that's the same ability being applied twice yeah it's a weird case where um it basically it's like a different source i don't know it's kind of confusing so it's like the ability can't stack on the same ship but if you have the cargo masters on different ships um those ships get the cargo master ability and then it would apply to your whole fleet 
because um, they're con they're generic crew too, so you, you can uh, have multiples of them, kind of like tribal chieftains. But it is definitely a weird one. Um, yeah, it's one I don't like, and I think yeah. I'm never going to. Uh, I mean, I only have like one American Cargo Master in my yeah. collection. I only have like two, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, even if I did get more or just used proxies as, you know, five gold coins, yeah. you know, because five points, yeah. I think I would probably house rule that. So, yeah. you know, not so broken. Yeah. Okay, so next uh, we're going to go, unless you have more comments on the rework, which you can... Um, I, I don't have any more on Slipstream, but I did hmm. want to, um, one of the first ones listed, Terror. Um, it's basically a a sort of semi-average three-mast gunship on the expensive side with a couple abilities that I like. Obviously, it's a submarine. It's got yeah. a solid armament, but I really like the fact that it has the fog-hopping ability. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty cool, too. I know Cazador did a, a fog-hopping submarine at one point. Um, I think it's a cool ship. Um, I think um, I think some, a lot of these pieces were okay not being edited, but this one, I think, works. I saw the Terrace flavor text recently, and it talks about, like, swirling mists and stuff, so I do... Mm -hmm. This one does work in terms of, like, editing it to make it more based on the flavor text, But because before I had the fear keyword... Which is kind of fun to use submerge, but it's not that good. So, yeah, I think this one might be. I mean, based on other fog hoppers, it might be a little too good because um, I feel like I feel like a three master fog hopper without the submarine keyword would cost about this many points with those pretty solid guns and that move. So I think maybe maybe a few more points, like fifteen or sixteen, would be a little more appropriate. But I think it's. I don't think it's overpowered as is. Yeah, I think. Um considering what's out there for around that point cost um i don't think it's unfair because you know you've got to compare it to ships like grinder les decharges or um or even stuff like hms london which i think we can probably agree is a little extreme mm -hmm. yeah um I'm not, I'm, yeah i'm not saying that i'm just saying i'm comparing to other fog hoppers that are slightly mm -hmm. deeper but considerably worse um overall and don't even have the submarine keyword uh, built in as well. That's mostly what I was saying. Yeah, I think the fog hopper keyword is so little used because I think it only appeared in uh, Davy Jones' Curse and in Rise of the Fiends. Mm -hmm. That I'm not sure that as a whole, even more knowledgeable players like you may even have a full grasp of how useful it is. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of. It, it's decent, um, like bigger games, like a lot of things. I keep saying that, but I can't help it. Um, it was fun in Vassal Campaign Game One. I used, I was the curse, and I used like a fog. I had a squadron of fog hoppers, basically, like all their mm -hmm. fog hoppers, and a few customs too. Um, it was pretty effective. It was fun um, as like a surprise attack, um, using them as like a sneak attack squadron. But the fog hoppers themselves weren't good enough gunships to really make mm -hmm. a big dent in opposing fleets. And the other um, issue was that sometimes um, the fog carpenters will come out of a fog bank in, like, enemy territory, but even if they have captains, they can't always reach enemy ships. So And then that loses the element of surprise, and sometimes it just kind of falls apart. And it was kind of a thing where it was reasonably effective for a while, but, like, each time the fog hopping squadron went on a mission, they would, like, lose, like, one or two of the ships. So it was, like, it was kind of depleted gradually over time 
So I think overall, um, the keyword, or not the keyword, the ability I think is about appropriately priced. Um, it's not great in smaller games. I did try to use Skywalker one time in like a 60 point game and it was, it didn't really work very well, but to be fair, my opponent, um, went first and like crippled most of my gunships on like the first turn, I think, or the second turn. So probably not a good example in smaller games. Yeah, I mean, having looked at all the Foghopper ships and having assembled a fleet or two, uh, one of which I've posted, I think that the majority of the ships that have the ability are really not very good. They're mostly overpriced. Um, it It is a useful ability regardless of what a ship is good for, but the fact is that most ships that actually have the ability are severely lacking in at least one area. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I actually, um, my current campaign game, Command the Oceans, the Cursed have launched a similar uh, fog hopping squadron, which has only been in action once, and uh, it's probably gonna uh, it's probably gonna play out eventually. I don't want to give any spoilers on what they're planning, but uh, but it sh- it'll be interesting to see if that uh, squadron is more effective than the similar one from Vassal Campaign Game One, and. Uh, the Command the Ocean thread will have the battle reports for that to see how that plays out. Um, mm-hmm. I think I forgot what I was going to say, something else, but uh, any more comments on the, the rework? Um, well, noticing that Count Gust, well, interesting, uh, interestingly spelled Count Gustav instead of Gustav. I don't yeah, know if I that's know deliberate, <laughs> um, but this ship may shoot, uh, may, may shoot ships inside fog banks. I think. Uh, maybe if you rework it so if it's inside the fog bank, it can shoot the other ship. Yeah. Because yeah, that makes that. some more sense to me. Yeah. I think yeah. that works. Other- um, Wolf commented on that and said it's tough to kind of like excuse that ability because it you can't like determine where a fog or where a ship is in the fog bank, which is an interesting point. Um, but yeah, I think what you said is interesting, though. I do like that. Um, I actually thought or about that in Command the Ocean. Maybe modify it so it can, if it rolls a six, it can do that? Yeah. Yeah, I have some, like, ability. Like, yeah, or a four to six or five to six, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, yeah, that makes sense, too, because, like, if you're shooting in the fog, it should be less accurate. Or maybe, oh, were you saying, like, the cannon rolls had to be a six? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like that. Yeah, that does make sense. Maybe we should request. We should. Uh, we should say that in the thread, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, in case he doesn't listen to this, who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to be the one to post that, or should I do that? Uh, either way. All right. Um, I'll. Uh, or one of us can message him. Yeah, yeah. I'll just message Cthulhu then. Cool. And then, uh, I forgot. I remembered what I was going to say though. Um, the fog hopping ability. One thing I'm interested in is uh, the potential... We talked about how most of the pocket hopping ships are kind of mediocre. So um, it's one of those few uses where Copy or Davy Jones or Davy Jones' Curse could come into play because then you could mm. copy it and get it on, like, a 10-master and start, like, oh. running all over the place <laughs> like, <laughs> with, like, the Guichuan or Delusion or whatever and just, like, wreak havoc out of the fog and stuff. So, Or do that with... Um, uh... Or with, if you brought in, yeah, you could do a yeah. behemoth, or you could uh, incorporate the Eye of Insanity and yep. do that by proxy, yeah, put that ability on another ship. 
Yeah, yeah, copy D.B. Jones with a copier, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah Behemoth, that you brought up a great point, because Behemoth is actually part of the Fog Hopping Squadron in Command the Oceans right now, um, mm -hmm. and the Behemoth joined them for the first Fog Hopping mission, which wasn't, um, like, a big success, but yeah, it kind of increased their numbers, and it's fun to it's fun to copy wacky abilities like that. It's such a unique thing to be able to copy it with such yeah. game pieces, uh, having that ability. Speaking of Behemoth, real quick, I do feel that Behemoth is a really cool piece, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's all that good. Yeah, I think it's good. It's quite good for a uh, sea creature of any kind, because you can copy um, like defense abilities to really keep it alive, or um, you know, captain obviously. Um, mm -hmm. So I like um, one of the most powerful things is like keep it submerged, and then. On the turn, oh, actually, I don't know if this would work. So you'd have to surface it. Actually, no, I think it, w I think it would work. So you'd still have the sea monster keyword. So you would surface it, then copy captain. So you could do a, like a sneak attack. And if the opponent, um, if your opponent doesn't have any way to counter sea creatures, um, they're pretty much going to be at your mercy if you can get the range right, because um, you can just be immune until you're right there, and then pop up and cap copy the captain keyword on the same turn to get your shots in and then maybe pin the enemy ship too. But yeah, for 19 points, it's, it's very difficult to pull off a lot of great stuff with it. in um, in like a standard game, but in bigger games, it becomes uh, more fun to use and more, um, kind of more. Because you've got sure. a bigger pool of abilities to play with. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Yep. Um, you don't have then, to build the rest of the fleet around it. Because yep. I, I have built a 40 point fleet based around making behemoth crazy powerful. Yeah. It's, got like um i think it's got uh, maybe uh i think it's got a flotilla and one of those ships where you can't shoot it within s mm -hmm. yep. so i mean kind of the idea is you make it really kind of both offensively and defensively powerful mm -hmm. but it still runs into the problem where it's it's kind of like a boss fight it's always got a vulnerability no matter how you yep. play it yeah and then one other thing I did in a fleet challenge. Um, do you know Namazu from Return to Savage Shores? It's basically, I don't know my Return to Savage Shores basically yeah, very fine. well. It's basically like a sea monster with the Neptune's Trident unique treasure as the ability, where you can like hmm. eliminate two mass from every ship with like a wave attack that goes like two L um, away and S wide from the sea monster. So if you, I did a fleet challenge fleet where. Um, I basically had Namazu and then, um, and then Behemoth copied that ability. So I had like two sea creatures oh. like, using like tidal wave attacks at the same time. So it was crazy. And then they can stay submerged until they unleash the waves of devastation. <laughs> it was wacky. That, that really reminds me, has anybody made, um, sort of fan cards that one could print out of Savage Shore ships because I would like to sort of have um, the ability to use other ships as proxies for them and have the stat cards there yeah. without having to like read them off of my computer. Yeah. yeah. If there's anybody out there who can like do a uh, do a design yeah. of them that we could print. Yep. Yeah, some uh, Cannon Fury, he created the Economy Edition rule set and he's actually the one that started the custom ships thread. Um, if you look in the, I don't know where it is exactly. It's in the first like 10 or 20 pages of the giant custom ships thread. Cannon Fury actually made 
Um, a few game pieces from Return to Savage Shores. He made the Renard, a two-masted French junk. And then he made the Zanfu as a mercenary 10-master, but he, he didn't have a spare 10-master, so he made like an, an American 6-master instead. And he did have mm-hmm. cards mocked up, but it wasn't like it wasn't like a printable thing, but you might be interested in seeing that. So it was pretty cool. And I, as far as I know, it's the first and possibly only example of somebody using um, stuff from RTSS. So... Yeah, I, I mean, I may just want to, like, get myself some note cards and kind of write them out, and yeah. uh, it's, yeah, it's have, not pretty, but it would kind of work. Yeah, yeah, I have the um, I have the spreadsheet I made, like, printed out, so that's usually what I reference, um, other than, like, memorizing it just from seeing it a bunch of times. And yeah, I've seen it more now, because I just, I just posted the Return to Savage Shores rankings thread on Miniature Trading, which will be the Ooh, last yeah. set, that'll be the last set rankings thread. Um, as we yeah. go through the other topics for rankings. And then. Yeah, I want to read through that because I, I don't know that set well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty cool set, similar to Savage Shores, but um, a lot of a lot more um, unique stuff, just like SS. Um, I forgot what I was going to say again, but anyway. Why did WizKid split that set in half? Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Um, I think what was next was we were going to look at the uh, Pirates faction from yep. Xerxes' custom set. Yep. Yeah, so now we're going back to uh, Xerxes' Return of Davy Jones custom set. Uh, we're looking at the Pirates now. They're, they're the next faction on the spreadsheet. So I'll just jump right into it. Um, you can find this at Board Game Geek, and uh, he's posted a link to the spreadsheet on miniature trading. Um, the first one is Misfortune's Keep. Um, it's a six-masted junk. Um, pretty basic, no other abilities. Um, the cannons are, um, they're weird. They're basically like a galley. So it starts with a two L at the front and then the last cannon is a six L. So it gets worse from about a stern. Good move and good cargo though. I would say this one is pretty much appropriately costed. I think it's a great potential hybrid. Um, I would want to put maybe a world hater, a captain and a helmsman aboard and then have, um, if you used... One like Barbosa um, or Sandro Ramirez, you could have three cargo available with those, one of those crew, and then a helmsman, so you could have a decent hybrid there. So I think it's, it's a nice junk, actually. Yeah, I do like this one. It doesn't seem overtly powerful, but it does seem like a um, a pretty solid multi-purpose ship. Um, if I mean, it might even be one point too expensive because there are some really good options out there um, at pretty similar point costs that can do multi-purpose stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, yeah, as a whole, I like it. I'll uh, read off his rework for the Harbinger next. Um, it's 19 points, 5 mass, of course. Cargo... Um, I don't think that's supposed to say A. Oh, yeah. I see a 4. I don't know if it looks like Oh, okay. A 4. Because it, it came out as A for me. Maybe huh. some sort of weird glitch. Okay, yeah. 4 cargo. It does look like a different font. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah, this... I mean, Broadside's Attack is not an amazing keyword. It's not terrible, but it's... This might be too expensive for a ship that's kind of this... Uh, yeah. This old-fashioned, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Um, I think it's kind of boring. Um, and also, my main comments would be, it does seem too expensive. I think 16 or 17 points would be okay. 
I mean, comparing it to like the Argonauta, I mean, you would think it's appropriately costed, but that ship should should have been cheaper in the first place too. Like we talked about yeah. the CC set review. Um, but my other little slight issue with this is that um, this is this would be the third version of this ship um, after the first two versions, which is getting a little much. But it's also, in my opinion, inferior, considerably inferior to both of those. So I just don't think it's, I feel like it's kind of an unnecessary um, addition when we already have two great versions. And it's hard to pick between those because they're classics and really great. So I would never really want to use this one over those two. Yeah, honestly, for 19 points, I have ships I like a lot more that I'd rather use. Yeah, me too. Um, the next one is the Terror. This one... Um, 15 points, 4 mass, 3 cargo, I'll move, average cannons, blockade runner, keyword, which I'm pretty sure is plus 1 to boarding rolls and plus 1 to ram rolls. And then it also has re-roll built in, the re-roll ability. Um, this one, uh, it's it's okay. Um, if you think about the blockade runner keyword, it's just plus 1 to boards and ram rolls. Um, I think it's appropriately costed. It's, um, I think it's fine. I don't really think it's too exciting, but it's okay. Um, I don't uh, have much else to say. I think it may actually be a little bit too expensive because, I mean, that is a pretty good host of abilities right there. Yeah. But it's on such an underwhelming platform mm-hmm. and at not a competitive price. Because if you think about it, what's the formula for almost every uh, boxed ship that came out, say, uh, Davy Jones Curse and Beyond? It's yeah. a, you know, the special edition format ships. They're all four mass around 12 points. They've got kind of not amazing abilities. Yeah. They've all got almost exclusively three rank guns. Mm-hmm. This looks like one of those to me. It looks like it would have come out of uh, one of those special edition boxes. Mm-hmm. It's just not special enough in any one way. I, I think the abilities are cool, but I don't think they're fitting for such an average ship. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's all right. Um, one thing, uh, plus, I don't like ram damage. I've done away with it in my custom rules. I'm not using it in uh, Command the Oceans, but plus one to ram rolls is pretty good ability as part of the blockade runner keyword. So I think the point cost might be a little too high, but not too much. It would be interesting to know what he... I think he said they would be similar to schooners um, in design, but I can't remember exactly. Um, it'd be interesting to see how the masts are arranged with those L cannons at the front and back, um, in terms mm-hmm. of like lines of fire and stuff like that. Cause that can make the ship a little better or maybe even more mediocre depending on how it's arranged. But Yeah. I mean, if I had to try to balance it for its cost, I would make it faster and give it better cargo because for ships that look like they're meant to board, but don't have much cargo, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah. Yep. Um, Viper is next. A two-mast ship at 12 points is kind of expensive. It doesn't have much cargo. Um, what's this? Uh, the battleship keyword. I've got to run back and look at this. Yeah, um, it's basically, basically extended range, and the ship gets two. Um, she gets two shots per mast, just like longship. Mm, yeah, I'm not. I'm as a whole not a fan of putting extended range on on uh ships yeah because i just feel like it kind of tramples on all of the gun range mechanics yeah i mean maybe if it was s range guns and these are s range guns but uh, i mean i suppose this isn't 
this is probably not too outrageous if I'm honest because uh, what little advantage it has over a four mast ship with say four uh, rank three L guns it's uh, it loses out in the fact that it's significantly less durable than that yeah I mean if I look at it that way it's a four mast ship that's less durable then it's probably more fair than I initially thought. Yeah, I think it's okay. Um, the other battleships, um, like the cursed ones and some of the ones from the other factions, the other battleships are generally underpriced. This one is priced pretty much appropriately, I think. But I think the battleship keyword is just too good. Like giving a ship um, two shots for mass and extended range is just pretty powerful for one keyword. Um but other than that, it's pretty average. I'll go mm-hmm. to the next one. Dead Man's Revenge. Uh, 20 points for a 3 master, 2 cargo, LL move. Um, pretty solid cannons. And then the ship burner keyword, which is pretty interesting. Um, so basically, if you get within an S of an enemy ship, um, roll a D6 on a 4-6, 4-5 uh, or 6, the ship explodes. So you remove her from the, en- remove her from the game, and every enemy ship with an S um, gets... Uh, crew eliminated, replace the maps with a fire mass, uh, eliminate, uh, and then eliminate a cargo, basically. Um, and then, But if she rolls a 1 or 3, uh, remove all of the ship's mass and eliminate all her crew. So she comes there, like, basically, um, with no crew. So this one is uh, <laughs> it's pretty wacky. I've seen this before. I've known about this for a little while. I, te- I tested one of them. Um, I can't remember which one. I want to say it was the torpedo, maybe. But, uh... They're pretty wacky uh, keywords, obviously. We'll see the port burner in a second. Um, I think it's a little too much. Um, too extreme. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, uh, almost like the tenfold. Like, you don't know where to price it because, like, it's going to be terrible or amazing. Like, a game winner um, and maybe even a game breaker if, it's, um, mm-hmm. if it does well enough. Or it could just totally fail. I will say that the, price, the prices are high enough to be fair it's just it's kind of out there i guess yeah my experience um with i mean basically i learned from having played many thousands of games of world of tanks at this point that the crazier you try to make something the more extreme the min maxing or abilities or what have you uh the harder it is to balance and the more likely you are to end up with something that's game breaking yeah. or frustrating. Yeah. It and frankly, you kinda need middle ground to have sort of consistent games. So yeah. I'm not a fan of this ship because I I just think it's too extreme. There's too much to remember about it when you're playing it. Yeah. Yeah, I think my other comment, um, which applies to the other ships with these abilities too, it kinda reminds me of the fire ship idea, which is extremely historically accurate fire ships were a huge deal in the age of sail um, especially early on and i have my other custom in the organized version thread talks about fire ships because that's something i've wanted to play test for a while but i just never can fit into the games and i definitely want to see it in command the oceans um i'll probably talk more about it on another episode but for now um you can go to the next one the torpedo mm-hmm. yeah i was just reading the uh, port burner keyword real quick um, I feel like it's another case of an overcomplicated ability. Uh, it looks kind of interesting, but at 18 points, 
uh, for what looks to amount to something that's kind of a way to take, not like take gold from an enemy's home island, but just destroy it on the enemy's home island. It seems too expensive for what you're getting. Yeah. To me. Yeah, and it all depends on a on a die roll. I feel like it again. Yeah. It's too extreme. It's actually more extreme than the other one because if you get both die rolls to work, it's a game winner for 18 points. If you get like two sixes in a row. You could eliminate mm-hmm. all their coins and just win, um, or it's just a total waste of eighteen points. So it's and it's really fast too. So a lot of ships wouldn't be able to uh, to counter it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could get in there and get those die rolls, and then if you get maybe a re-roller um, and something like that aboard, or like maybe Micron in the background. I mean, there's ways to exploit it. Yeah. Um, again, it's it's so extreme that it's just tough to tough to reconcile. In terms of like actually play testing it, it's just so wacky and out there. I'll look at the next yeah, one. Yeah, I think we I think we can more or less sum up the next one, Broken Blade, yeah, the same almost, way because it's almost identical, yeah. but it's two points more and it's a schooner. Yeah, yeah, basically the same ship almost. Um, then the next one after that, Inferno. This one has the ship burner. You were just like Dead Man's Revenge. Um, it's smaller, has one less mass and one less cargo, but the same point cost. Um, which I'm not sure why, so it should, be, this... it should be cheaper. Um, there's no real reason it should be that expensive. Um, but same comments for me, just, ah, it's just, I don't know. I'm not really sure how to go about doing it, I guess. Yeah. Um, so would you like to jump on to Destiny's Bounty instead? Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, I can do that one. You could do some of the crew. Um, this one... 13 points for a 3-masted junk, 3-cargo, LS move, average cannons. Secret hold keyword is the only thing that really makes it stand out. Um, other than that, pretty boring. I mean, the speed is good. Uh, it's I think 4-cargo would be perfect, even if you had to increase the point cost. Because um, it's not really... I like to have gold runners where the cargo space is higher than the number of masts you have, especially on a 3-master. Because as soon as you put a helmsman or an explorer on, you get you get into pretty low cargo territory, but running this ship empty would be pretty uh, mediocre in terms of what the pirates can offer with other ships. So it's not a great ship for the secret hold keyword with um, only the same amount of cargo as she has masked, but it's certainly not a bad ship. It's just not one that many like hardcore pirates players will use when they have so many other better options. Yeah. Um, I mean, This strikes me as just not a very good ship because Secret Hold is at its best on a ship with has uh, with a rather large cargo space, mm-hmm. uh, ideally you know very full of gold, but it, one where you wouldn't really want to lose a boarding party and lose any of that. But this has very average cargo space. I don't think this is a ship I, I would ever use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'd say four or five cargo spaces, even if you, if you need to. To up the cost, make it more of an interesting choice. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think maybe um, like Hammersmith uh, as like a hybrid, maybe, or maybe Gentleman oh, yeah. Joe Card to give it an extra cargo space and then run it empty without any other crew, but not great options, but a few crew options. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'll start the crew. Uh, the first one is linked to the Misfortune's Keep, which is that six message junk I talked about earlier. Uh, Navarre costs 10 points, basically has the captain uh, ability, and then also 
the basically um, the capture for gold ability so you can capture enemy crew and then they're worth their point cost in gold when unloaded at your home island. So this one I uh, this one is tough to price. Bonnie Peel Isn't there was Bonnie Peel, yeah. Yeah, Bonnie Peel is eight points. That was um, probably But right. did she even have the captain crew? Yeah, or she does have she? that keyword, she yeah. Does. And then the other ones like Blackbeard, um, they had this ability for seven points, just like Barstow, who has it for seven plus explorer. Um, I want to say eight's the better cost. I think I, it is a pretty good ability. I, I'd say maybe nine would work for so for six for the capture gold ability, three for captain. Maybe nine points would work, but either way, it is it's a good ability. Um, one thing I will note about it from playtesting it, or not playtesting, but you know just using it in games a handful of times, it really depends on your opponent because if they don't bring many named crew, you're not going to mm -hmm. have a lot of potential gold to get. So sometimes you'll be forced to waste those points. Um, and in that case, you might not want to play um, new players with this ability because they're not going to be using as complicated combos and they're probably not going to be playing as... Uh, they're probably going to be playing smaller games. So against an experienced player, you might want to use a crew like this. Newer players might stick to generic crew more. And uh, But overall, it's fine because it, it already exists, so there's not much else to say about the cost. Yeah, I look at it and I think to myself, it should be two points cheaper to sort of be in line with other uh, other crew that came out before. Um, I do think it's a good link for Misfortune's Keep, which yeah. we agreed on was a, a good ship that we both like. Mm -hmm. And the ability does pair well with the fact that it's a six-masted junk that feasibly is uh, an excellent boarding ship. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I overall like the crew. Think it should be a little bit cheaper, but is uh, a fitting ability for Misfortune's Keep. Yeah. The other weird thing about those captured gold crew is, pretty sure the first one was Arouge Barbarossa from Barbary Coast, but he's yep. ten points too. So it's kind of like the original was ten, and then the pirates got a discount on it with Bonnie Peel, which makes sense because the pirates get you know random discounts on abilities for no good reason. Um, but then it but was Dragon Eyes has it for ten. Yeah, and then yeah, exactly. Black yeah, and then Blackbeard and uh, Barstow. Um, it was like 10, 10, 8, 7, 7. Yeah, yeah. So it it fluctuated a bunch. The original was ten, and then it went down and back up. So it, it's kind of a weird one. So and yeah, I, think, I almost I think, think you could retcon the old crew to seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, or even nine. I think nine as like a middle ground would work. But yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, I'll start on Blackheart, uh, linked it to the Harbinger, seven points, Captain, um, I mean, I think I might have a browser issue, but all I can see is that it's a, uh, Sack Captain for seven points, that's probably a more appropriate cost, Yeah. but... Says, uh, the second part, the last part of the ability says, if this crew is not assigned to its linked ship, it gains the Black Mark keyword. Hmm. Which is a little odd, but yeah, it, that's. I don't think was Black Mark ever worth two. I thought it was one. Yeah, I see it as well. It it increases the cost of the crew by one, but um, before, like in terms of the build total, it's free because I know the crew that have it don't really have um an increase in cost. Like there's a three point French reroller that looks like Snape. Um, 
that has it, yeah. but he doesn't Jean have it. de Valois, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he gets it for free, so the Blackmark keyword's not really worth anything, but it come, it's, yeah, it's weird. Then it adds a cost yeah. after the game starts. It's actually pretty weird. Yeah. I mean, I think if this was the standard price of the normal sack captains, um, be an interesting alternative, maybe. But outside of that, I'm just kind of eh. And the last one looks to be basically a uh, a redo of um, Hammersmith. of Hammersmith. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Even the Hostile England is exactly the same. Yeah, yeah although it gets an extra hostile faction and oh, it's yeah. a loyal thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah hostile cursed. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say Blackheart. I don't really know why the name is separated. I think that really needs Probably to be just corrected. A typo thing. Possibly, but uh, the H is even capitalized too, so I think that should be changed back to the regular name, assuming it's the same person. Because there's a ship called the Blackheart. That's two words. Mm -hmm. So this just makes something that's confusing like even more confusing. So I think that should be changed back. And I don't see why it should be more than six points at most um but yeah uh so that's pretty much uh the pirate faction from return of davy jones um Derek's custom set and um we're just going to cover a couple common newbie playing mistakes this is something i've wanted to talk about a little bit um we might make this kind of a recurring thing we're not going to talk about it for long um one thing i've noticed especially over the past like six to twelve months um People talking about, like, move actions, say a ship gets, like, SSL or whatever, which is almost never the case. So the official ruling, I mean, you can totally house rule this. I have no problem with that. But technically, you are supposed to move the base move of the ship and then apply any movement bonuses afterwards. So let's say a ship has a, a base move of S plus L, and then it has a helmsman aboard. So you'd have to move, you can move LSS or SLS, but you can't move SSL technically, um, because you have to move the base boom first, and then that would apply to things like trade currents and uh, stuff like that, too. So that's just kind of a random one that I've noticed, especially over the past, um, like I said, the past like 6 to 12 months. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. officially that rule is there. Um, I've, I've never actually been picky about the order in which people apply them, because yeah. I haven't noticed any remotely significant effect on the outcome of a game based yeah. on the order in which people do that. Mm -hmm. um, um, thinking of a like, rookie mistake. Yeah. Hmm? I've seen like newer players doing it. And sometimes I say something, sometimes I don't. Cause it's not, yeah, it's not that big a deal. It's just something I wanted to bring up. Cause especially like if you refer to a ship's like move speed, um, usually the L would almost always go first. Um, or at least the movement bonuses would go at the end. And then the next one, um, like stuff like Jonah. I mean, we brief, we briefly touched on that in the Jonah's complicated. Yeah, basically, um, he's the zero point crew that says that um, crew never cost points on the ship, but they always each take up one cargo space. So this doesn't mean that you can violate the build total. It doesn't mean you get like twenty points of free crew on the ship. It just means that they don't count against. Um, the point maximum of that ship. So if a 10 point ship, you can put 20 points of crew on it, given you have enough cargo space, but that still costs you 30 points towards the build total. It doesn't only cost 10, the 10 points of the ship, the crew 
still count towards the build total. So that's that's one that's been confusing since you know those crew came out in 2005. So that's just something mm-hmm. I like to reiterate sometimes. Yeah, and um, which reminds me, because I've done it more than once, the fact is, if you do try to uh, basically stack something like Oarsman to a ship's uh, point limit, because, you know, Oarsmen don't take up cargo space, but only the first one doesn't. And that's one rule that I've tripped over. Um, another one is that those two-point um, – the two-point reducers, like yeah. I think Cavendish is one, those, uh, those don't subtract from the game's build limit. No, they were quick Shona. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, I've run afoul of that one at least once. Yeah. 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 With one of my early fleets. Yeah. It's um, basically a niche ability that lets you put more points with a crew on a ship than can otherwise fit. Yeah. It's incredibly rare that that ability gets used. I'm amazed yeah. that WizKids printed so many uh, of those. Yeah. Uh, uh, too many. I think there's there might even be a faction with more than one of them. I can't remember. Um, I think but it's yeah. the curse. Don't quote me. Yeah, this I know Sir Edmund is one I've used in the past. Um, yeah, I've actually used him two times on very specific gunship builds, kind of like monster gunship builds they might call them. Um, and I'll I'll just say them real quick. The Divine Dragon is a six massive junk. The cursed have it's pretty cool, but it's sixteen points. And all powerful Davy Jones from uh, from Ocean's Edge is twelve points. But I wanted to put him on the Divine Dragon, but him with a captain and helmsman to make it a true gunship would be 17. But then, so the way it works is, you so you have 12, and then you have plus 5 with the captain and helmsman. So then you're over on the point limit, um, and the Divine Dragon has four cargo spaces, so there's no cargo issue here. Then you add Sir Edmund to the ship, so he comes aboard. So now it's 19 points, but his ability says each, ship, um, on, uh, each crew on the ship is one less point. So then... There's three other crew, so 19 minus 3 is 16, so it just barely fits to be perfectly legal. So that's one yeah. uh, time when I've used that pretty effectively, and that's one of my favorite setups on the Divine Dragon, actually. It's pretty fun. And then yeah. there's another one uh, where I put, I think I had 41 points of crew on the Delusion, which is a 35-point <laughs> ship. It, yeah, I put like Captain Nemo on there and Davy Jones and like Ibrahim Ozat, who's like an S border. It's it's crazy. And I have a fleet. Um, it might just be called like Delusion Fleet or something on Ministry Trading. I don't know. And uh, it's something I created way back when I first got the Delusion, like 2012. But uh, so there's like seven cargo spaces. So there's 41 points. And then uh, including Edmund, Sir Edmund, I'm pretty sure. But then the other six crew minus one to each is minus six, then it fits exactly at 35. So it fits just barely in the point uh, limit, but it would still cost uh, 76 points total for the whole combo, which is crazy. But but yeah, there's a few specific setups. I've mostly only encountered it with the Cursed. I'm sure there's other good gunship setups where you could utilize that, but it's more of a, it's more of a like, oh, I need this crew to make this work rather than going out you would never go out of your way to use the two point reducer because it's just a nuisance and it and it still costs the two points so mm-hmm. and uh, there's also there's also the fact that it really only works on from what i've seen ships that have uh four cargo or more because yeah yeah because yeah 
it only works on ships that have four cargo or more because in order to be cost effective and to really have any effect, it, there need to be at least three other crew on the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point, too. Yeah, yeah it's extremely so it's, niche, but once in a while it comes in handy. Yeah, it's... it's. <laughs> I don't know why WizKids made so many of them. Because <laughs> yeah, there's too many. I think there's some factions that may not even have a use for them at all. Yeah, yeah, Lots probably. Yeah. Like, you, that's the case where, like, you might have to go out of your way to use one, but there's no point other than to say... You know, I used a two-point reducer today. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Just yeah, like you're not wrong them. about that. Yeah. Like, if the French have one, you go, okay, I put the four musketeers, D'Artagnan, Porthos, um, oh, yeah. Aramis, and um, I don't remember the fourth one. Uh, I put them aboard Sickle, and, uh, and then I use the... Uh, or, no, not Sickle, whatever. Yeah, Sickle's a cursed ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saber. Saber, okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then you go, oh, and, and then I put the French two-point reducer. I don't even know if the French have a two-point reducer. <laughs> Let me check my personal spreadsheet. Yeah. Come on with the answer for you there. Yeah. I think, I think uh, yeah, I think there was a weird situation. Might have been with the Cristaldo Bisbal, I can't remember. I think I had to change the setup completely to get, like, black mark on there. But uh, I had some crazy setup where I was, I didn't know if the Spanish had one. And then I found... It's like Inquisitor Sebastian Blanco from Crimson Coast. I was like, oh, yeah, the Spanish have one, so I can use it. Um, and I think, yeah. I, know, I didn't, I don't think I had my, him in my physical collection at the time, which is part of the reason I didn't know about him. But yeah, it's very obscure, but it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, funny enough, okay, just opened up my, um, my, you know, unique abilities by faction spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Every one of the nice. six main factions, um, you know, excluding the one offs, the Corsairs, the Jade yeah. Rebellion mercenaries and the vikings every single one of them has a native two-point reducer nice why yeah it's pretty every funny. last one why yeah. it's such a I mean, niche crew. i'm not even sure that um france or england uh, maybe england does mm-hmm. i'm not even sure france really has a good use for that because yeah i don't know the impression i've gotten is that france doesn't have a lot of really great unique crew yeah yeah they're a little bit lacking compared to like the big three um, They've got a lot of freaking S-boarders. Yeah, yeah, they have too many, like, duplicate crew, and they have two Canceller Lenoirs, but they're the same, so you can't, they're duplicates, so you can't use them in the same game. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting, that'd be kind of an interesting fleet exercise to try to use a two-point reducer um, to get, like, an extra interesting gunship set up. Yeah, the Sabre would be a good one. Maybe uh, the Dreadnought uh-huh. or something with, like, a ton of English crew that are really good, I don't know. There's also, um, I think it's Le Hercule or something. There's yeah. it's like the foremast. Um, oh, I'm not really sure. There's like the one that's sort of El Corazado with one less mast, and there's oh, also the, the one Corsair. sort of um, HMS Dreadnought with one less mast. Yeah, the Hercule is the similar to the Dreadnought. The La Corse is similar to the Corazado in ability. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's funny, because they've even got vaguely similar names thematically, or pronunciation. La Corsa yeah. is El Corazada. Eh? Eh? Yeah, no. kind of okay, I'll stop. <laughs> uh, the last thing I'll cover in terms of newbie... Not mis- this is not a mistake at all. It's something I just want to bring up, because I didn't even know about it until... I don't know. I mean, 
This is from the reference diagrams. This is something Wolf created a while back. Um, like I said, he's the rules arbitrator. Probably everybody listening knows him. Um, but basically, on page 10 of this document that you can find at BoardGameGeek, it's also linked in the, the first uh, post of the rules thread. On page 10, it says, Towing option 1, the ship is touching the bow of a derelict when given a move action. And then you can immediately, if the derelict was opposing to you, it and any cargo on board immediately be, can become part of your fleet and may be given actions normally if able. So basically, if a ship rams you and then you dismass that ship and make it a derelict, um, you don't have to re, you don't have to initiate contact at the bow anywhere because it's already the bow is already touching your ship. So you can just give a move action and start towing it right away, which is something I didn't really know about and I still haven't really seen it used in a game, but I'm. I'm going to try my best to remember to watch out for it um, in Command the Oceans because there's definitely a lot of a lot of opportunities for that sort of thing because there's so many ships involved. But um, just in an I, have a, uh, yeah. I have a feeling that that may have almost been of some use to know in the last game I played yeah. where it ended up being everybody fighting over a single island at the very end of the game. Mm -hmm. I think there were in total probably... Um, Oh, I'm not even sure. Eight ships there? Mm -hmm. yeah. In a three-player game, a 40-point build total. Uh -huh. I nice. think all but, like, two ships showed up to the fight. Nice. Maybe. <laughs> all but one, maybe. The one that I lost. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I always thought you had to, like, reinitiate contact, but if the bow is already touching, even after the ship becomes there, like, you can start towing once you give the, the ship um, a move action. That's pretty cool, because I usually tow by giving a move action to tow it in the first place, which sometimes is better if you need to get it into position. Or Something I've noticed with towing is uh, with an enemy approaching, you can you can flip a derelict totally around by like changing the towing position, so you can like flip the derelict like and move it quite a ways. And this became like a weird thing. Um, I remember it was the final game, well, it wasn't part of the tournament, but in Basel Tournament number one that Xerix and I played together, um, we had a, after the tournament was basically over, we played an eight-fleet multiplayer game with all the fleets from the tournament, which was really fun. It took a while, but it was a great, memorable game. And uh, eventually, the Zeus was totally dismasted and didn't have any crew, I don't think. And then there was a ship, I, I want to say it was even the Jolly Mon, towing the Zeus at S speed. But it was a it was weirdly strategic because if the Jolly Mon was it, like if she was headed east, like her bow was pointing east, the Zeus would be like this giant block, like maybe like LS long, about um, like in that one position. But then if the Jolly Mon reversed direction and went west, it would flip the Zeus all the way over and create like a new block. So you could like block off like a trade route, or, like. I want to say I used that. I can't remember exactly. I'm getting exactly. some voice cut out. Yeah, can you hear crazy. me still? Wait, what was that? But I'm getting some voice cutouts here. Can you hear me still? Yeah, yeah, I still hear you. Do you hear me? Yeah, I, I can hear you now. It's okay. been a little bit inconsistent the last 30, 45 seconds. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, we're yeah, almost over it's here, so. standard. But yeah, it was but, but a yeah, weird thing. Like, so it sounds to me yeah, it like crazy. you used Jolly Mon to flip Zeus around. Yeah, basically, yeah, because like, the Jolly Mon was just staying in place almost, but then 
each move action was only S, so it would like flip the Zeus on the complete opposite side of the <laughs> ship because it it go the towing ship always goes to the stern no matter what. So then you can just like block a ship or like like if a ship is approaching like your home <laughs> island, you can flip it and then like create like a blockade like right there. And then they have to sink the Zeus or like retow it and or sink the Jolly Mon to like get it out of the way and stuff. So it was pretty funny. That was an amazing game. Fit underneath the Zeus. Yeah. <laughs> Because if you don't have any 10-mast ships, like, you'd be seriously amazed. Um, this is to anybody listening, because I know you've got some. 10-mast yeah. um, ships, when you get them, you're kind of amazed how big and even kind of how heavy they are. Yeah. Because all the other ships feel like a couple grams in your palm. Mm-hmm. When you pick up a fully assembled 10-mast ship, it's it's like significantly heavier than any other ship. Probably yeah. twice as heavy as even six mass chips. Yeah. If not much. more. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've, I could literally check this out in like just a couple minutes. I've got a, uh, I've got a scale. Do you want me to go and weigh ships real quick? Yeah. If you want to, yeah, you could check it out. All right. I'll let you, uh, cover this stuff real quick. If you can think of something else that new players make the mistake of while I go weigh a 10 mass ship. Yep. Yeah. Because I'm strange. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just come back in whenever you can. Um, I, be right back. Yep. So basically, um, like I said, the reference diagrams, Wolf made it. It's actually, I would say, um, maybe the least known about and least used of the main documents he's created. The pirate code is pretty infamous. Um, or not infamous, but it's pretty famous as like the great FAQ where you can, almost all your rules questions can be answered there. So if you haven't downloaded it, um, it's on Booking Geek. And then there's also a master keyword list with all the keywords. So which is a really great thing to print out because you'll probably notice that only the keywords from each set were in the complete game rules for that set that came from uh, the pack wrapper. So the master keyword list is a great thing to have printed out so you have all the keywords in one place so you don't have to go looking for, you know, uh, South China Seas to get the junk keyword up or whatever, stuff like that. And then I found it kind of interesting. Reference diagrams has a lot of kind of interesting stuff in it. Most of it's super basic. Um, on page three, there's also a range distance comparison um, where you can check out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead if you want then. All right. Um, I just weighed both a standard pre-Rise of the Fiends, or I guess really pre-Pirates uh, of the Caribbean 4 mass ship, mm-hmm. and uh, in the Guichuan alongside each other nice. uh, standard four mass ship is six grams the guichon is 18 grams wow, weighs nice. three times as much as a four mass ship wow yeah that's pretty impressive so three times as much with only two and a half times as many mass wow. i want to say part that's of it's from uh, it's very efficient yeah <laughs> i want to say partly because the hull's longer and then it has the 10 master has like extra decks there's like yeah, it's oh. got a lot of decks. Yeah, you can't even differentiate like the quarter deck from like the other decks and stuff because there's too many. <laughs> yeah, and the majority of the masts are actually quite big, save for those two little ones on the back. And actually, um, that reminds me of something I wanted to bring up, but I'm not sure I ever uh, could find a time. I'm pretty convinced that 10 master ships were originally patterned to be 8 masted ships. Huh. I've um, read, I've read just, that they were nine for Zhang He's like real life armada, but hmm. what I saw. I mean, I, I mean, you've got one, so pull it out of your collection and look toward the stern. 
um, the like sort of the way the stern sort of rises off the table. It's sort of a uh, it's sort of a line towards the top deck there, mm-hmm. interrupted where interrupted by a little part where it looks almost like they thought to themselves, ah, we can put a, two more tiny ones in the back here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's an interesting yeah. concept. Yeah, you were talking about like whiz kids, what they were thinking in terms of how many masks. It's like I've read a little bit about the the Baochuans, um, like in terms of history with Zheng He's like Armada and stuff like that. And I've always seen nine is the number of masks that they might may have had. I mean, there's all these doubts and historical inaccuracies around, you know, what happened and what they looked like and things like that. But that's interesting to think about. Um, as like an eight master when maybe it should have been nine, but I kind of like how they're 10 though. Cause it's like at that point, like a nine master, it just sounds kind of weird versus like 10, you get like double digits and it's like totally different mm-hmm. ball game. So it's, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty awesome to be honest. I'm, I'm glad they made them, even if they're kind of wacky and out of place and weird. It's yeah. I mean, they don't really fit in with the rest of the game, but yeah. I like them enough to collect them all, which yeah. is not cheap. I don't recommend it if you don't plan on playing them. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, my poor wallet. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, they're uh, they're a lot of fun. Um, I've always liked them, but yeah, and yeah, there's there was a ten master thread on miniature trading recently too. So if anybody listening wants to check that out, it's about like how you acquired your ten master collection and stuff like that, which is fun to talk about. Um, yeah, and if there's anybody out there who is interested in maybe getting just one or something, one of the ten masters, or is willing or is looking to start collecting, uh, the easiest ones to get are either the Delusion or Bauchuan, because mm-hmm. the Delusion you can still buy in the uh, in a sealed plunder pack from Hills Wholesale. Yep. Uh, that's 50 bucks, and you get a couple other good things in that pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is Bauchuan. I don't know how many they printed, but it how must about? be a ton. Yeah. Because you can, on a really good day, you can find one for 30 bucks on eBay. Yeah. Yeah, and if you if you wait long enough, you can get one for twenty twenty five. Um, if you get a good auction and get a pretty good mm-hmm. deal on it, yep, absolutely. You can find them for fifty all day, but don't spend that money. Get them for less money than that. You yeah. can. Yeah, the Guichuan and Zeus are the only ones worth fifty plus because they consist- yeah. they consistently average at least that much, if not more. So, I mean, the Guichuan yeah, Guichuan was, and Zeus are yeah. uh, Guichuan and Zeus are easily the rarest. Yeah, Guichuan was like I remember. Uh, I don't know if it was this year or last year, there were like four consecutive auctions at 70 plus bucks. So, yeah. I think at one point I got really lucky and like went straight on eBay and like two minutes ago had been a uh, Guichuan listed for 50 at Buy It Now, maybe. Yeah. Nice. So I got super lucky and bought that. But, yeah. um, cool. yeah. Anything else you want to mention or no? Uh, not much else aside from the fact that if there's anybody out there who's got some graphic design skills and wants to print up some mock-ups of Return to Savage Shores stuff for us to print, please do. I'd love to have some pretty little card inserts. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I know there was, I don't know, I don't know if I'll be able to find it. There was like a card creator, like, program thing I think somebody made. Oh, yeah. Yeah, somebody made that. Yeah, I want to say I have it somewhere. I don't know if, I don't know if I was able to even open it. It may have been from like 
last decade. So I'm not sure. Yeah, it may have been like written for Windows XP or something. It's just not forward compatible. Yeah, I don't know if I was even able to open it. Um, And then I know know Riz had some stuff on his site with like a lot of cards. And I think he had something you could download with sites like Defunct now. So I'm not sure if that's out there somewhere. But um, yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. So other than that, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, this was podcast episode number seven, and we'd love to have guests uh, or co-hosts if you want. Uh, feel free to leave comments in the in the in the thread here, and uh, we'll see you next time, where we're probably going to do the Revolution set review, which will be episode. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm yeah, really excited for that. Yeah. All right. So, have a good one.